How can we as healthcare practitioners move from just providing disease management to providing true healthcare? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast that helps you grow your practice and expand your skills as a practitioner. I'm Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast for wellness-minded people and practitioners who are passionate about transforming our broken disease management system into a true healthcare system and empowering millions of people to go from disease and dysfunction into living their best lives possible. I'm Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo, and I passionately believe that all disease can be prevented or reversed. If you work with people who are exhausted, overwhelmed, and brain fogged, this episode is for you. We're answering some of the most common questions I get regarding adrenals and HPA axis dysfunction. Before we get started, I want to remind you about the free adrenal resource guide I created for you, and you can download it at www.reinventhealthcare.com forward slash adrenals. So let's get started. One of the questions that I get a lot is, how can I differentiate between adrenal and thyroid symptoms? After all, people are going to be tired either way. And the difference that I see a lot is that with adrenal dysfunction, there's often a tired and wired presentation. They may be tired in certain parts of the day. In other parts of the day, they can't turn their brain off and they can't fall asleep. With thyroid, the symptoms tend to be a little bit more, let's say, static throughout the day. With thyroid, we often see people with high blood pressure and high cholesterol. With adrenal dysfunction, we often see people with low blood pressure, especially low blood pressure when they go from a reclined or a seated position into a standing position. With thyroid conditions, we often see constipation. We see depression, and we can see depression with adrenal symptoms, but we don't have that commonality of seeing constipation a lot. And with adrenal dysfunction, we almost always see blood sugar imbalances. It's a very common theme, whereas with thyroid, we sometimes do and other times don't. The other thing that differentiates the two are tests. With thyroid, you can run a blood test and see if there's some things out of balance. But as we learned in some of our thyroid episodes, you can't always trust the blood test. And with the adrenals, the blood test really generally doesn't give us much information because a fasting first morning cortisol isn't going to tell us the state of our HPA axis. I would say they're really good. We have in our nutritional endocrinology practitioner program, we have a chart where we compare thyroid and adrenals. And I would highly recommend that you check that out. Another question I get a lot is how can I tell whether the symptoms are related to HPA axis dysfunction or something else? So typically we'll have somebody who comes in, they've been under a lot of stress. They may still be under a lot of stress. They're feeling exhausted. They're feeling kind of foggy brained and we're starting to do our health history. Like, As with everything else that people come into us for, we need to be looking at a complete health history. We need to be looking at all the symptoms. We need to be looking at the origin and when this started. We need to be looking at their lifestyle factors. We need to look at how they sleep. How do they manage their blood sugar? So we need to do a really, really thorough test. So we need to do a really, really thorough assessment from a historical point of view and also from the lab point of view. 
But when we have HPA axis dysfunction, there's usually a long history of stress, of an overwhelming stress. We often see those executives who have been through a whole big process for revamping their company or rebranding their company or an IPO, initial product offering, and they're exhausted. They've been working really hard. We see moms who are just dealing with kids and you know, sometimes special needs kids. So we have to really dig into their history and what's been going on for them emotionally and physically, and also what is their environment looking like. How do I know what tests to run is something people ask me all the time because we have saliva tests, we have blood tests, we have urine tests, we have dried urine tests, we have 24-hour urine tests. How do I know what to run? Over the years, I've run them all. And what I find is The ones that give me the most information are the ones that talk about the metabolites. When I look at something like a Dutch test, where it's giving me not just the cortisol four or five different times during the day, it's also giving me cortisone, which is a storage form of cortisol. It's also telling me about the metabolites. What parts, what are the breakdown products of that cortisol and the cortisone that are getting eliminated in the urine? It's also looking at the time of day and the response and the difference between the beginning part of the day and the later part of the day. I like that test. Saliva tests can work really well to give you an overall view. Blood tests, unless you're doing them at several times throughout the day, often it's just such a snapshot looking through a binocular or a monocular. You're not really looking at the big picture. So I don't really like blood tests. But if we find that their cortisol in the blood is really already super, super low, then that just does give us a sign that there's some adrenal involvement. But if it's normal or even if it's a little high range, It doesn't tell us much because we're not seeing the circadian rhythm of the secretion. 24-hour urine tests, love that test. There's one that Meridian Valley does. Genova used to do. I don't know if they still do. It's an awesome test and it gives us metabolites and everything, but it's hard for the patient to comply. And the best test is the one that they're actually going to follow through and finish. So when they have to take all their urine for 24 hours and carry around a big jug with them, even to work in the supermarket and wherever they go. They oftentimes can't do it and we have all starts and have to start again. The best test is going to be the one that they'll do, the one that they'll complete, and also the one that their budget is going to be able to manage. So sometimes people will only do the blood because that's what their insurance will pay for. I always encourage them to at least get a salivary panel, which is at a lower cost than a Dutch panel. Another question I hear all the time is how do I know what kind of exercise I should be recommending to my person who I suspect or have confirmed has HPA axis and adrenal dysfunction? Well, we can't overtax the system. I would not recommend that you tell somebody in this state to go and sign up for a marathon or start running races or you know do some sort of bicycle climbing that's going up hills, anything that's difficult. But you can recommend stretching, yoga, swimming. These things are lighter on the body. So here's how you know. You invite them to do some kind of small exercise. So if they go out and they walk around the block and they do fine, the next day they want to do it again, just tell them to go a little bit more that day and a little bit more. And if they can get up to, you know, walking for a mile or two or three, great. If they want to step it up and do more intensity, then you tell them to try, but small amounts. If they decide they want to lift some weights and they do fine, they start with really low weights and gradually build it up. The problem is when they do exercise and they're so exhausted when they finish that they can't go out and do the exercise again the next day and sometimes the next day or the next day that they need two or three days of recovery after that. 
exercises that are good, again, are walking, swimming, bicycling if it's light and slow and around the block, not in hills, and uh, yoga and light weights. Like exercise bands can be really good because you can adjust the intensity based on what they're experiencing. So this is a good question that I get a lot. How do I know if this is something I can help them manage or if they need to be referred to a specialist like an endocrinologist or even a psychologist to rule out other pathologies or symptoms or syndromes? It's a really good question. Very excessive adrenal can indicate a tumor somewhere, can indicate a tumor in the pituitary that is pressing on and stimulating more ACTH and is causing the adrenals to produce too much cortisol. So that's a possibility. Very, very low levels can indicate Addison's disease or an adrenal autoimmune disease. So some of those people may need to be referred. But oftentimes, most of the time, those are rare conditions. You manage people. You help them to clean up their lifestyle, get rid of the stressors, stop eating crap, start doing some gentle movement, meditate or do some sort of stress reduction technique, clean up their environment in terms of you know the air fresheners and all the stuff that people do basic lifestyle principles, maybe throw in some adaptogenic herbs, some vitamin C, some B5, some of the things we talked about in other episodes, and then see how they do. But if the symptoms are extreme, and when you do the testing, you're seeing extremes of low or high cortisol, it may be time to refer them out. One of the questions folks ask me is, how do I monitor? How do I monitor their progress? How do I monitor the effectiveness of what I'm recommending that they do? And that is really something that you go by symptoms and you can redo some of your symptom surveys, highly recommend symptom surveys, looking at the symptoms that they're having, the intensity of the symptoms, but also I like to redo the tests. So usually when I do testing, I like to redo it three to four months, depending on what I'm seeing. Also, how are they feeling? How's their mood? How's their energy level? And I have them at the beginning of our plan together. Just give me a a number, like on a scale of one to 10, how exhausted are you? How much energy do you have? And where is it changing? And then you ask them again later on. Another question I get a lot is, what's the connection between the gut microbiome and the adrenal health? And there's a huge one. Gut microbiome, when out of balance, can create tremendous stress on the system. Those microbes can produce endotoxins that get released into the system and cause all sorts of havoc. That creates a stress response in the body. And when we have an out-of-balance gut microbiome, it can often lead to cortisol getting out of balance, cortisol being asked to do its job over and over again to address it. So I'm a big fan of doing some work with the microbiome, even if they don't have symptoms of gut dysbiosis, even if they don't, because it can manifest in other parts of the body and fatigue is one of them. Looking at addressing, making sure that they're not eating a lot of sugar that's feeding organisms we don't want, making sure they're eating a lot of colorful vegetables to feed the bacteria that then create the short chain fatty acids that supply the intestinal lining with its good stuff. Really important to be looking at this. So a lot of times people ask me about differentiating adrenal fatigue, adrenal dysfunction from other types of dysfunctions. We already talked about it related to thyroid. But a lot of times when we look at people in this state, we have to differentiate between adrenal fatigue and the dysfunction of the HPA axis. So there's a lot of controversy. We've discussed this in other episodes that doctors will say, well, 
the adrenals are functioning just fine unless the person has adsins or Cushing's or some sort of pituitary tumor that's producing too much ACTH, the adrenals are going to be fine. This is just a bunch of hooey. And we know from testing, from doing Dutch tests and from doing saliva tests and from correcting things that we find out of balance, that it's not a lot of hooey. And that we live in a stressful environment. We live in a place where everybody is being chased by tigers 24-7. And the HPA axis, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, is just so out of balance because it's being tried and tried and tried and stressed all day long, every day. It's really important to be looking at people and looking at their stress levels, not just their mental, emotional stress, not just how badly they react to watching the news on TV or news of earthquakes in other parts of the world or their boss or their kids or their parents, but really looking at the physiologic stresses on the body. So I really encourage you to look at the person as a whole, look at their life as a whole, look at their lifestyle as a whole, look at how they're treating their body and how we can get rid of a lot of those toxins and stressors that are creating this HPA axis imbalance. And this last question that I want to throw out is a question I get a lot, and I think it's a really important one for you guys to address whenever you're working with somebody with adrenal dysfunction, with these symptoms, these low energy and the tired and wired and the things that are happening that are causing them to crash, basically, is how can the individual support system and the social environment be contributing to this problem and how can it be optimized to aid in the management of the HPA axis dysfunction? That's a loaded question. A lot of times the stressors that are hurting people, that are causing them to be in this dysfunction, come from their social environment, come from peer pressure, come from family stressors, whether it's a kid or a young adult who's being pressured by the family to perform, whether it's parents of Uh, young babies that are not sleeping and they're getting stressed out, whether it's people that have aging parents that they're stressed about, that they're trying to take care of, that they're debating between putting them in a nursing home or keeping them at home. and They're finding that they're stressed because they don't feel like they can take care of it. Or whether it's physical, whether it's the social environment, they're pressured by their friends to drink a lot or smoke or do any kinds of habits that, that are not good for them. I think it's really important that we ask people about their support system. It's one of the first questions I ask. Who's going to support you on your journey to wellness? If they have good support, if they have a parent or a partner that they live with that is supportive, that's going to help them with, okay, you're eating this kind of food. How can I support you? What do I need to do to help? If they have a social structure where they really talk to their friends or they find new friends, right? If the friends don't have the habits and the values that they are needing and wanting to have in their own life, they can talk to their friends and say, look, I am going on a journey to restore my health. I'm tired of feeling tired. I'm tired of getting sick all the time. I'm tired of my brain not working. I would love you to support me. And it's asking and teaching them how to ask for support because most people don't know how to ask for help. Teaching them how to create this social and home environment that's supportive of their new habits, of their new attitudes. If they live in a home where everybody's negative Nelly all the time, where they're watching the news all the time, it's asking that, hey, when you're listening to the news, can you put on headsets? Or can we not do that during dinner because it's really stressing me out and making me sick? Like asking for support. And creating an environment 
where you can help them to achieve the wellness that they desire. That's what's super important here. We're at the end of this episode on the most commonly asked questions I get about adrenal problems and HPA axis problems. And we're at the end of our adrenal topic in this. So if you haven't watched all the rest of the adrenal episodes on this podcast, then just go to reinventhealthcare.com forward slash adrenal and that'll bring all those up on the page. You can also go there and find this beautiful document that I created for you with lots of resources to help you in your quest to empower others to take charge of their health and to get their adrenals under control. We're in a position where we can help people in ways that other practitioners haven't. Doctors are ignoring these things and they're just giving people band-aid solutions for their individual symptoms. We're in the position where we can help them to reform their lifestyle, to get their stress under control, to sleep well, to eat well, have a positive attitude, but it's going to take time and attention and patience on our part to help people this way. Download the guide at reinventhealthcare.com forward slash adrenals. And then for more in-depth information about the adrenals and the thyroid and HPA axis and all the other hormones as we've been chatting about then I would recommend you go check out our website at inemethod.com. And that's where we have all kinds of information about health and wellness practitioner programs and resources. So until next time, shine on. Thanks for listening to Reinvent Healthcare. We are part of the movement to change healthcare for the better. If you liked this episode, leave a rating and a review. And for more resources to support you in growing a thriving and fulfilling practice, visit our website at inemethod.com.